successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I am your host, Jason Grill. You're listening to 980 AM if you're on the radio on KMBZ or if you're on podcast, we greatly appreciate that as well. Or if you're at GrillNationShow.com, thank you for joining us there. Hope you're having a great week, and I want to thank the listeners and supporters of the show. We have had a lot of great shows with a lot of really, really awesome founders and CEOs of late that have really just shared some incredible information about their businesses and about kind of their, their business advice, their life lessons, their leadership profile. They're very involved in our community, and today will be no exception to that rule. Very excited to have on John Schramm, who is the CEO of The Purple Guys. John Schramm is an IT support expert and the founder and CEO of The Purple Guys, a tech company that has grown since 2001 to become the Midwest's premier provider of IT support services. The Purple Guys is a fast-growing seven-digit business that has helped hundreds of companies grow by solving their IT problems and providing them with stress-free, bulletproof tech support. They're online at purpleguys.com. We're going to be taping today via Zoom, so bear with us if there's any issues. Uh, I'd like to bring on John Stram now, who's the CEO again of the Purple Guys. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you. Um, You've got a great purple logo, and we'll get into all about that uh, here after a little bit. But I want to talk first about your your, uh, background, kind of where you're from. I understand you grew up in the Michigan world. You went to the University of Michigan. Uh, tell us about your background and kind of what brought you to Kansas City. Well, my, my journey to Kansas City, uh, I, I grew up in a tiny little town in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So grew up in the, in the woods, uh, couldn't see our nearest neighbors, and then went to school at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. So uh, the culture shock was the number of people. Uh, a little disappointed in the football team this year, so not, not doing what I'd like to see them do. And Kind of, kind of hoping Harbaugh can can pull it out and get Ohio State this year. Um, That'd be nice. I think a lot yeah. of people would like that upset. It, it would be exciting. Uh, and then uh, went went from uh, there to Chicago. My first job was with Price Waterhouse doing consulting, and that was way back when when it was the big six uh, accounting firms. And uh, I was on the IT support side or the IT consulting side. You know, it was. It was MIS, Management Information Systems, was the uh, division I actually worked I remember for. hearing about that in college at some point. Yes. People took yes. MIS as a degree. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, it's, the, it's the old way to say tech support. Uh, and so uh, the, the reason that I, I wound up in Kansas City is because I was on a two-week project uh, in Nashville for Price Waterhouse and met my wife. Uh, she had grown up in Olathe and was working for Russell Stover Candies. Uh, and we actually met in a bar. And my, my version of the story, she picked me up at a bar, uh, which uh, she did talk to me first. Uh, so I'm, I'm sticking with my story. 
but uh, that, that summer, six of her friends got married here in Kansas City. So I traveled to Kansas City six times for six different weddings and just felt in love with Kansas City. So uh, I, I love the town, love the mix of city and country, love the entrepreneurial uh, community that is here. The resources are incredible for uh, small businesses from the Kauffman Foundation to uh, the Hellsberg Mentoring Program. There's uh, peer groups like Acumen. There's there's just lots of stuff to support small business owners and, and entrepreneurs in Kansas City. I've absolutely loved it here. So that's that's a short version of how I wound up in Kansas City. Yeah, and so John, you um you have you, you've been around a while with uh, owning your own businesses and entrepreneurship. Tell us about kind of kind of how you got to the Purple Guys and kind of about your businesses in the past that you've owned. Yeah, so so my business background, I, I refer to myself as an unintentional serial entrepreneur. So I've had three very successful startups. Uh, the first two were very unsuccessful partnerships. Uh, and uh, the first two were in the IT staffing world. And both, both, all of them have been here in Kansas City. So uh, uh, launched those two and uh, got introduced to what I do now with my second business. We had an, an IT staffing firm with zero to zero to 90 employees and zero to $10 million in revenue over a four year period, which was a very exciting rocket ship kind of a ride. Uh, and I will tell you, I lean heavily on the entrepreneurial resources that were here in Kansas City at the time. Uh, I was in a couple of different uh, peer groups and uh, the, the wheels would have probably come off had I been managing that growth all on my own without people to lean on. Uh, but along that, that journey, I used to be technical uh, and I used to be able to do some of the tech support stuff that we do now. So I was the president of the company, owned it with my wife, uh, and I was also the internal tech support. And it dawned on me one day as we were going through this crazy journey that there's better things I should be doing with my time than making sure people can print. Uh, and so I, I, was, I was just, you know, we we're an IT staffing firm, so I was just going to hire somebody to be my internal tech support. And one of the, the folks that worked for me said, hey, why don't you just outsource this and have people that do this part time? So. I had an IT staffing form, firm, and I outsourced my internal tech support, and I loved it. Uh, and uh, that was actually how I got introduced to this business. And then fast forward a couple more years, and uh, the the partnership fell apart. It was my wife's uncle who was part of the business. The family relationship got really, really bad. Uh, and uh, we decided this this can't continue. So we actually wanted to try to save the family relationship. So we resigned uh, our positions in the company. We did not resign our ownership to the company, uh, but we resigned our positions in the company on September 10th, 2001. And, uh, and the next day was 9-11, which uh, that, that whole time in the world was crazy for everybody, but it was even crazier for myself and my wife because we had uh, resigned from something we had created uh, and, and spent four years building. Um, and it, and it turns out we, we did not get a chance to uh, to buy that from from her uncle, so we started over in October of 2001. Not not the optimal business climate to start a brand new business in, but we did it anyway. Uh, and uh, we were going to be IT staffing, uh, and uh, that that kind of world was was slowing down and actually had come to a grinding halt because of 9/11. So we shifted gears. Uh, I acquired the two-man shop that was doing our outsourced IT support, and that's actually how I got into this business. Uh, was I was a customer of the business, I really liked it, and then we had to pivot uh, in 2001, and uh, and that that's how I got started in this world. Pretty unique. I like that. I like that you were a customer and then bought the business essentially. Yeah, that, that is cool. I've, 
you know, we haven't had many guests on our show over the years that, that have done that. And I think that's unique. Um, is it, is it unique or does that happen a lot? Uh, the only one I can think of is if you remember those old Remington commercials that ran around Christmas time, was it Victor Kayam who bought the, he, he liked it so much. I bought the business. That's the only one that, that comes oh, to yeah. I actually, I do remember those commercials. You're right. Uh, but that is pretty unique and very cool. And I want to talk about that more. And also when we get back after the break, John, we're going to break into a lot of things that you've done that are pretty innovative and cool with your brand and your marketing, um, and, and kind of what you've learned from some of your, your successes in building the business and maybe some of the failures in marketing as well. John Tram is our guest. He's the, uh, he's the CEO and founder of the Purple Guys. Their website is purpleguys.com. Fascinating company and that has grown uh, very fast. You know, for 20 years in Kansas City, I know you've probably heard it. You've seen, the, you've seen their marketing. You've seen their, uh, their logo. You've seen the color purple. Uh, we're going to break into how that all was built here after the break on the Grill Nation show. Again, connect with us on Twitter at Jason Grill or at Grill Nation Show or at GrillNationShow.com. We'll be right back after the break with John Schramm, again, CEO of The Purple Guys. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM or via podcast. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us on KMBZ 980 AM or via podcast or on our website, grillnationshow.com. We appreciate all of your support and the great listeners and folks in our community who uh, who give back and, and get involved as leaders each and every day. John Schramm is one of those folks. He's the IT support expert and CEO of The Purple Guys. Their website is purpleguys.com. John, one thing you'll notice when you go to your website and uh, or you you just interact with you at all is is your your color. First off, um, <laughs> how many purple items of clothing do you have? One and second, how did you come about the color purple? And then we'll get into some of your branding as well. Well, uh, if you if you were to look in my closet, it is one long row of every shade, style, and uh, pattern of purple shirt. Uh, we, we actually sold our house and moved a couple of years back, and I wish I would have put a little GoPro camera in the master closet because just the reaction of people opening the door, I'm sure, was was interesting to see. Uh, but uh, I, I'm very purple and purple all the time. My 16-year-old my daughter, I'm not sure she's actually ever seen me in anything but purple. Uh, so the and, and the evolution of purple is, uh, you know, I've started a few businesses. The business before this, we had a purple logo. And uh, on a, just my, one of my, oh, the only good marketing idea I ever really had that was unique was I, I got pens that wrote in, in the logo color, which was purple, that company, and found out that people just love purple pens. They didn't want to throw them away. They asked for more. Uh, and that I also figured out that people that like purple don't just like purple. They love purple. It's their favorite color. Uh, so when we started this business, that was actually my only requirement. I wanted the logo to be in purple so I could keep my purple pens that I could hand out to uh, customers and prospects. Uh, and then uh, early on, so this is back in 2001, most of the stuff we had to do, we had to do on site. So we bought everybody uniforms, put the company logo on them, but they were a bunch of different colors. Uh, and uh, you know, my, my wife sat in a meeting uh, with a customer and there was four or five of us in the meeting. We all had a different colored shirt. 
And after the meeting, she's like, this is ridiculous. We look like a bunch of Skittles. Can we, can we just standardize on one color of shirt? And uh, so we took all the shirts back and got new shirts in the company color, which was purple. And uh, within, within about a week, our customers, independent of each other, just started saying, hey, the purple guys are here. And uh, that is actually how we became the Purple Guys. Uh, we listened to what our customers say, said and, uh, and uh, went with that. And uh, it, it has been a, a fun brand ever since. Yes, it has. Uh, purpleguys.com. So let's talk about your um, – you also have caricatures. Uh, you have – you noticed the Purple Guys. You just talked just about how it kind of happened and the brand yeah. developed. But you have, uh, you have caricatures. Let's, let's talk about how they've impacted your business and what they are. Well, the, the, the color impacted the business dramatically. Uh, if I can get people to associate the color purple with computer support, next time they're frustrated, if they just remember the color, uh, then they will uh, hopefully give us a shot at earning their business. Uh, and the, the characters came about. A, a good friend of mine, Todd Hoffman, has got a company called, called Character Glue. Uh, and he came up with the idea that, hey, Purple Guys is a perfect brand to use characters. Uh, and uh, he actually developed an entire family of characters for us. Uh, and what it does from the from a branding perspective is it gives us a different way to tell the story. So again, you want, you want to keep it simple, and you know, technology can be intimidating to folks. Like people don't want to really admit that they don't know what they don't know when it comes to technology. I'm, I'm actually still one of those people because technology keeps moving all the time, and I don't know everything about technology. Uh, so the, the characters kind of soften the brand they, and they also allow us to tell a story. So we've got, we've got a medic that, you know, comes, comes in and, and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll fix something. Uh, we've got a, a security guy that keeps you secure. We've got a bookworm that represent doing research. We've got miners that represent digging into the details. Uh, we've got male and female characters. So it just helps us tell the story of what we do and how we do it. And, uh, it, it, it takes the intimidation factor away, I think, from from being IT support and uh, makes it more friendly. Yeah, and they, they, they look like monsters. So so tell us about <laughs> what monsters. Yeah, so so again, the, the monsters are fun, uh, and you know the I, I got asked a couple of times, you know what you know purple guys. What what about women in the technology field? And we've actually got a pretty high percentage of women in our office. I think twenty percent of our of our staff is uh, female and. Uh, it, it's been great to have that diversity in our organization and, and what the and purple it, guys and also. It is, is somewhat not diverse, you know, tech and IT is, is, is an area that if you have, you know, 20 to 25% female uh, tech folks, that's good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's been really good. I, uh, it, it helps with the office dynamic, it helps with customer service, helps with management. I mean, it, it's, it's awesome. I, I would way prefer having a diverse workforce versus all male. Uh, but the other thing the Purple Guys characters helped us do was uh, kind of get away from that guys thing. And, you know, my, my version or my, my answer to the, you know, what's this Purple Guys? Are you discriminating against females? Guys is the Midwest version of y'all. I mean, it's a generic term. Uh, it's the way I look at it. And uh, so, you know, having the characters help tell that story as well. So it, uh, it just it just creates more uh, to the brand and helps us it helps us tell the story well. There's no doubt the Purple Guys is a successful brand. I mean, I, 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 I've met John, uh, but I've seen you all over the place with, with the Purple Guys. And now, I, I mean, I don't even know. 
you know, any of the other IT support companies in Kansas City. But anyway, so so you have some marketing successes, there's no doubt, uh, with regards to getting your name out there. Uh, but also, you probably had some failures. And as a good entrepreneur, you know, you learn from your failures and you're not afraid to talk about them. Let's talk about some of them if you're okay with that. Uh, what are some of your failures you might have had from a marketing branding perspective? I will tell you one of our biggest failures. And the, the thing I learned is if it's too complicated, then it's probably going to fail. And I, I actually lost a bet with my wife over this one. We we had a building that fronted to the highway, different building than the one we're in now. Uh, and I got sold on a very complicated, let's put a big giant banner on the outside of the building. It'll be a, hey, kind of like a click here to find more information, except it was a banner. So they actually had to call or go to a website. But it required way too many steps. It was not self-explanatory. It was not easily understandable. Uh, I dropped 20 grand on the campaign and the banner itself. And I got a big giant goose egg uh, from a return. So, and, and I had to pay my wife. Uh, so lost the bet and lost a lot of money on a compli- overcomplicated marketing scheme. <laughs> So, so it was a billboard on the side of the building. Now, you said you had a, uh, a, a, a building facing the highway, which is just a, a business's dream as far as yeah. a name ID, right? Yes. So you, yeah, were, we, you, you, you lost on that one, but I, if I remember correctly, you had a, a sign that just had your name in it, right, at some point. Correct. And then we, we replaced that with just the name of the company and hung that banner on the side of the building and had it there for four years. Uh, and it, it worked way better. <laughs> than you know some overly creative complex slogan that they wanted us to hang there and again i got sold on it uh, I, I i believed the hype and uh, it was just hype uh, so again the, the the lesson learned for me was keep it simple and purple guys is very simple it's easy to remember it's straightforward uh and the, the building we're in now we just put the logo and you know, world, world-class it support underneath the logo uh, and uh, it, it has helped. We actually get business uh, from people driving by every day. I've, I've gotten the phone call, all right, I've been driving by your, your building for the last six months. We're frustrated with RIT. Can you come give us a bid? Uh, which I never thought was actually going to happen, but it does. So the, the simplicity has really helped. That's awesome. John Tramp with the Purple Guys is here, CEO. John, um, Tell us about your locations now. Again, you're in Kansas City and in St. Louis. Where are you based in Kansas City now? Uh, we are in Cambridge Circle, so just outside of downtown, just barely on the Kansas side. So uh, up on the, uh, I guess that's the north side of I-35 there as it's coming into downtown up on the hill. And, uh, and we still see your name on the side of the building, John? Or no? uh, you absolutely will still see the same name on the side of the building. Uh, well, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a good location, central to getting in and around Kansas City. And, and we're still a few people in the office right now. So. Yeah. So, so, John, we got about two minutes left in our second segment. We'll break into more issues uh, and, and, and life lessons and business lessons after the break. But talk to us about some of the challenges you've had in building your business and how you overcome them and, and learn from them to become stronger. Some of the challenges, and this is really every business, I mean, technology changes really, really quickly. So what we do uh, and how we have evolved uh, has changed dramatically over the years. We, we used to do everything on site. Now we do almost everything remotely, and that was that was pre-COVID. Uh, but uh, we, had, we had to shift to that and just learning what it is we do. Uh, so early on, I, you know, I was a customer of the business, and I, I, I bought the business, and 
I uh, had to figure out actually what we did. Uh, and, you know, the learning curve for me was I, I thought we were in the tech support business. Uh, and then what I realized is we're in the customer service business. So really understanding that it's about the person behind the keyboard. And, you know, we do actually have to make the tech stuff work. But if they don't understand how to use it or we haven't communicated clearly, uh, that that was a big learning curve to me that, uh, you know, customer service is really the focus. Tech support is second. Uh, so it changed how I hired, it changed how we marketed, it changed how we, you know, the story we tell to our customers. Uh, so learning from that was, was, and it was, it was a struggle for the first year because I thought, well, this is really easy. We're just a tech support company. Uh, but that, that doesn't tell the story well. Uh, and so the, the intimidation of technology was, was a, a hurdle we had to get over. And so coming at it from the customer service angle and focusing on the people that we're supporting versus the technology really has helped grow the business. John Schramm, CEO of the Purple Guys website, purpleguys.com. We're going to go to break here in a second. On the way back, I want to talk about kind of more about what you offer as far as IT related services and support and, and how you remain cost effective and re reliable for folks throughout the region and kind of learn about when is the right time for a company to kind of hire an IT company or work with someone uh, like the Purple Guys, who's obviously the best in Kansas City. Uh, you're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 988 AM and on podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I am your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining me via radio on KMBZ 980 AM or on podcast or on our website, grillnationshow.com, where you can find all of our guests' information about them and their shows, each listed on the website. John Tram is with us. He's the CEO of the Purple Guys, an IT support company in Kansas City. Purpleguys.com is their website. They, uh, they do all kinds of different things as far as providing cost-effective IT support. If you don't have expertise to manage your infrastructure, they can help uh, and they can help very well. They provide prompt professional IT solutions and support all for a predictable price. And John, that's where I want to start um, because to a guy like me and to, to, to many layman's out there, they hear IT and they get scared. We went over your monsters, your caricatures. What actually do you guys help with from an IT supports perspective in, in what ways do you help and, and who should be really working with you? Well, the the way our customers would describe us, and our, and our, our typical customer has between 10, 20 and 100 employees. We've got a few that are 300, but most of them are that, you know, single business with 20 to, uh, 20 to 100 employees. Some of them have multiple locations. But if, but if you ask the employees that we support, and we support about 6,000 employees across 176 businesses here in in Kansas City, if you ask them, what do we do? We answer the phone when something doesn't work. And the something that doesn't work is generally got an on off switch in a screen. So whether it's your phone that's not connecting to email or calendar or your laptop that's slow or you can't get logged into a particular application or you can't print, that's that's the the customer service service desk side of what we do and what what the general population of the employees that we support and the team members of our of our partners uh, that's what they would say we do. So it's, it's that, that service desk aspect. The other pieces of what we do that really don't get seen, 
we make sure that security pieces are in place, that there's a good firewall, that password policies are there, that that the patches and management on their various pieces of software, whether it's Windows operating system, whether they're using Macs, uh, that, the, that the, the ongoing software pieces are kept up to date. A lot of that has security related to it, but a lot of it also is just performance related. So making sure that we're on top of kind of that software layer of maintenance and then the other pieces that we do, we, we interact with all of their technology vendors. So we act just like an IT staff person would be in their office. If they've got somebody coming in to do maintenance on the copier and the copier does scan the email, we make sure that we're interacting with that vendor. Same thing with their internet provider. If, they're provided, if their connection is starting to go down or it's flaky, we'll get on the phone. We will, we will be that vendor liaison. And then we also make sure they've got data integrity and data security. So wherever their systems are, whether they're inside their four walls or they're out there in the cloud, we make sure that there's a backup of their data, that the stuff is secure, uh, and that it's well-maintained. So the, the front line is, is all of the customer service and, and customer and end user support. Uh, and then all of the infrastructure pieces wrapped around that to keep a small business up and running. You guys have a great FAQ page up on your website, purpleguys.com, which answers <laughs> a lot of these questions as well. And it's yeah. it's interesting. So you guys, you, you mentioned 176 companies. I mean, your phones, you guys have to be on 24-7, John, um, because there's all kinds of things happening. I mean, truly are, are helping people through crises, through through expanding their company and you do this kind of in a predictive way with with what it seems like fixed fee billing right yeah and then you know you, you touched on something with that really speaks to our philosophy and then something I, I tell our staff every single staff meeting they're probably tired of hearing it that it really is about the customer service right now and, and now more than ever the people really 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 rely on their technology to work to stay connected uh, and in, in normal times when we do our job well you know, each and every one of those individuals, their stuff's going to work. They're going to be less stressed. They're going to have a better day. They're going to stay more connected. They're going to be nicer to their, their spouse and their kids. Uh, their companies are going to be more productive. Uh, and, and really with, you know, 6,000 plus people that we support in the community, when we are do our job well, we really can make the entire community uh, kind of happier and, and make it a better place. So that, that just kind of speaks to the, the how we impact people we work with um, and, and the stuff that we do and kind of why it matters. It's, it's not just the tech stuff, it's people using the technology and they're, they're using the technology to try to get their job done. And, and again, right now they're using it to stay connected. Mm -hmm. You guys, um, there's technology changes all the time, the cloud, you know, different phones, different computers, different ways of communicating, uh, all kinds of new issues with servers. I mean, everything is changing constantly in your world. What have you done over the years to grow and adapt? I imagine that hasn't been easy. Yeah, we, we have gone from 100% on-site support when we first started. Everything was you had to touch it to maintain it. And we are now 90 plus percent of our support is remote. So it's all done remotely. We remotely connect to laptops, servers, and the servers, whether they're in the cloud or they're on, on physically inside our customers' four walls, and adapting the skill sets for that because you know, early on, we hired folks that really wanted to be face-to-face -face and out and about and driving around. And now the vast majority of our staff sits at a desk, remotely connects to somebody else's computer, helps them over the phone. It's, it's a different dynamic, a different interaction. Uh, so, and the skill sets of the tools required to do that completely changed. Um, 
So just investing in the technology that allows us to do that, investing in the training uh, for the folks to, to, to provide that customer service remotely versus face-to-face. -face. It's been a constant evolution on top of the technology that keeps changing. You know, the video conferencing was only for the, the, the ultra-rich kind of companies way back when. I mean, it was stupid expensive. Uh, and now it's literally everywhere. Yeah. And you got, you know, you probably save on time too. I mean, if anyone has a company or owns a business, they or work somewhere, they're always like, we got to call the IT person. Uh, they have to get over here. They, they, then they get over there and then maybe you're working on a hot project and then they have to use your computer and get on there. And it's just like, it's just a nightmare yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, the, the efficiency side of being able to do things remotely, I mean, it's actually one of our customer service guarantees. We, we guarantee if you've got an emergency, we're working on it within 15 minutes. Uh, and it's generally faster than that. Uh, you know, and again, when we do what we do well, if we maintain the backend systems, our phone does not ring off the hook. I mean, our goal from the, from the way we are priced, we, we don't do anything by the hour. It is a flat fee model. So our goal is to keep everything up and running as smoothly as possible. Uh, so, so really if so John, if I'm a business and I, uh, uh, I just know every month, just like a, when you're talking about Zoom or a, yeah. video, video conferencing, I'm paying that service a certain amount of money every month for their service. Essentially, that's what people do with you. So it's like a monthly right. fee. We are, we are a fixed fee model, uh, basically priced per person being supported. So they know that if they're growing and adding people, our service is going to grow with them. And if they, for whatever reason, and it, it happened in the pandemic here, they had to scale back we scaled back with them so it's a very simple pricing model um, so you know we talked about simple marketing we've also got a simple sim very simple pricing model that really sure puts us in alignment with sure makes it a lot easier it sure makes it a lot easier with new business and new clients and that yes. kind of brings me to my next question john uh we're talking to john tram again with the purple guys when is the right time for a company to hire uh, an, an it company to help them I think it, it, part of it depends on the company and your evolution. Uh, and one of the questions I will ask people is, you know, what, what happens if you don't have access to email for a couple hours? What happens if you're, you know, you don't have access to the internet for a couple hours? There still are some businesses that where technology is nice to have, but not essential. They're, they're few and far between. Uh, but in, in the evolution of growing your business, part of it's budget and part of it is the evolution of the business. So, if you're dependent on a constant data stream, staying protected, making sure that uh, you can communicate with your customers wherever they are, you need to have tech support. It's just it's just what flavor of tech support do you want? Uh, and a lot of times we see small evolving companies. They're using their brother's, sister's, cousin's nephew who took a computer class because uh, that's what they can afford. Uh, and eventually you want some a service that's going to be there when you need it. So again, we've, we've got 40 folks. We are on all the time. We don't take vacations as a company. So we, you know, our company doesn't you know, take a Christmas break. We're, we're always there available, ready to answer the phone. And knowing that you've got somebody that can be on an issue um, within 15 minutes to, to solve whatever's going on is critical. So you look at your business, do you need the response time? You need the predictability from a support perspective to know exactly what it's going to cost. Um, those are the things a small business needs to evaluate is, is it time to outsource? And then what level of outsourcing do you really want to do? There's, there's still companies that do it purely by the hour, but you have no idea what it's going to cost you month to month. So 
part of that is, uh, you know, do you, do you go with a more, a more mature firm with a predictable model or kind of the, the smaller firms that are just sort of sole proprietor? Mm -hmm. John, I, you also do pro proactive maintenance, which I, we've talked a lot about the 24-7 yeah. uh, on-call monitoring yeah. and remote some more, but a lot of people want proactive stuff, right? Yeah, pe people want proactive, uh, and it's sometimes it's hard to do the proactive stuff because you got to you got to work on their their system and not disrupt their workflow. So the fact that we can do stuff in the evenings after hours uh, when people aren't necessarily using their laptop uh, to do those patches to make sure the security updates are there uh, is critical to working well with a small business. So we will adapt uh, when we do the regular maintenance. Uh, so that it, it uh, is the least disruptive to their business uh, and still keeps everything up and, and patched and, and running securely. Love that. John Schramm is with us. The Purple Guys website is purpleguys.com. Great IT support uh, expert here in Kansas City and CEO of the company. We're going to have one last segment with John here after the break. I want to break into kind of how COVID has changed the business and what challenges they've noticed with some of their clients what security challenges this pandemic has created as well as with I, with cloud services and cloud service-based technologies is it support actually necessary and we'll break into more great advice business advice entrepreneurial advice and learn more from john Schramm, ceo of the purple guys after the break you're listening to the grill nation show you'll say we've got nothing in common Common ground to start from. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We've learned a little bit. And again, we're talking to John Schramm. Guys, the website is purpleguys.com. They have a great logo, great brand. They help people all across our region with IT support services. John, we've uh, we've been through a lot during the last uh, nine or ten months with COVID. And uh, one of the questions that I like to learn from our guests is kind of how did COVID change your business, and what have been the challenges uh, for others you work with? Let's start there. I will tell you the the initial challenge for us was the sheer volume of work we had to do on the front end of this wave. Uh, it was literally a tidal wave of work. Uh, we've, we've got roughly 6,000 people we support across 177 or 176 uh, small businesses. And, and pre-COVID, I would say 10% of their workforce was really set up to effectively work from home. Uh, and in a matter of, you know, flipping a switch, everybody had to figure out how to work from home. So we, we set up about 5,500 people to work from home in about a week and a half, which was a crazy volume of work. Uh, but I, I will tell you, it's, it's one of the things, you know, every once in a while our, our team does something I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe we did that. And that is definitely one of those, holy cow, I can't believe we did that. And, got and, it and John, John, and then I'll stop you there. That's one of those times in that flat fee really kind of helps the client because normally you're in crisis mode and oh, yeah. hourly folks are charging double. You guys already had it all set in stone. That is correct. Yeah. So we, we, we had to handle the tidal wave and it didn't bring any revenue into our, our business. 
but it, it but again that is that's the partnership we look for with our clients like a crisis happens we're on the same page uh and we figured it out we got it done uh and we've been tweaking it along the ways uh so what i what i would tell you that the changed is i mean people just getting used to working from home and there's always been a remote workforce that we've been able to enable from a technology perspective uh i will my my feeling is that this fast forwarded the adoption of the remote workforce and the tools by probably four or five years because um, it was there people were using it but you know things like video meetings and replace you know to play in place of face-to-face -face and business travel that was that it wasn't really a a cool thing to do uh and and now it's no big deal it's very accepted i think that's going to be one of the lingering effects is the, the travel and the face-to-face -face is going to go down the needing to get in your car and to drive an hour even for a meeting is, is going to go away because you can have a quick impromptu video chat uh, and, and it's not weird anymore. <laughs> uh, I, I try to remember the last time I had a conference call, you know, yeah. they're all Zooms and uh, video yeah. chats now. It's crazy. Yeah. So Sometimes, it, it, though, you just want to be on a phone call, you know, John? You don't always need the video. You do, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually better to not have the distraction of the video. Uh, and, you, and you can just have an actual conversation. So, uh, but it, it is interesting. So it's, it, that, that's been a big part of the evolution. The, the other thing that we've seen uh, and the thing we really encourage our customers and anybody to do, uh, and we did this when the pandemic first started, we, we assembled a, a list of free resources people could go out and leverage uh, to both stay secure and stay connected. And, and the security side is the thing that I think people really need to pay attention to. Uh, especially as people have moved outside of the four walls, they're working from home, they tend to be a little bit more distracted um, and people will click on things they're not supposed to click on. And, and whether whether they know they're not supposed to click on them or not is a whole different issue. But um, and the, the, the number one way bad stuff and, and the bad actors will get into a network is through email. So they will send an email, someone will click on it, uh, and if they don't know what they're looking for or they don't realize what they just did, that lets a bad actor into your network and a lot of bad things can happen from that. So making sure that you're monitoring for it and also teaching people what to look for. So we call it security awareness training. Um, just, just educating your workforce to be aware and then putting the tools in place that have monitoring. Uh, so if something bad does happen, you know, you notice it as quickly as possible. Very informative there. And, you know, with the email, yeah, it's just like, it's like a voicemail coming through, you know, check who it is. Uh, it'll have a different ending to it. I mean, there's, yeah, I, I always just, some of those you get from the companies. I just Google those things. Yeah. I always tell people when, when in doubt, pick up the phone and call. Like, and if you didn't expect the email and, uh, and, and the, the bad actors are, have just grown exponentially. And it used to be, you know, four or five years ago to, to, to be a bad guy in the IT world, you actually had to have IT skills. That's no longer the case. This stuff is it is it is malware as a service. You can spend a couple hundred bucks, buy some tools, and run a phishing campaign, run a crypto locker campaign, um, and just target anybody you want. Uh, and that's that's the part that's really frustrating. Uh, and you know, I also encourage every single small business to have cyber liability insurance. Uh, it's not super expensive, and it is it is impossible to keep a network one hundred percent secure. I mean, 
you would have to unplug it from the internet to really be 100% secure, <laughs> which defeats the purpose. Uh, so, you know, you want to train people because they're your first and last line of defense. You want to have decent tools in place that, uh, that keep you protected and, and you want to monitor for the, the bad stuff happening. Uh, it is not crazy investments that are going to break the bank for a small business, but just being aware of that stuff, that to me is what one of the biggest just pure technical changes is making sure people are protected in their homes, just like they were when they sat inside of your four walls. Uh, and, and training is a part of that. And some of it is technical tools uh, as well, just to make, make sure all those layers are in place. And it's kind of that belt and suspenders kind of a model of you teach people how to, how, what to look for, but you also put tools in place to back up the training. John Stram is our guest. We have two minutes left in the show. John, tell us about kind of, you know, cloud-based services are now the rage. They're everywhere. Why is IT support still necessary? Uh, IT support is always going to be necessary when, whenever a user is interacting with technology because you want to be able to pick up the phone when something doesn't work. Uh, our top three service requests have not changed as we have moved folks to the cloud. Uh, there, there's still something related to I can't log in, like I need to have my password reset. Uh, it's slow, so something related to performance, which there's a whole bunch of different variables involved in working in the cloud versus working on the premise. But, uh, and then people still like to print stuff. So printing and emailing, you know, that communication layer, that's not going away. Uh, and you've still got all of the different aspects, no matter where your stuff lives, if it's in the cloud or if it's still inside of your four walls. You want to make sure your data is secure, protected, backed up. Some of the third parties bundle that in. Most of them actually don't. Uh, and just understanding what you're buying. But you, you still need that technical resource to both be that vendor liaison and your customer service department. Those things to me, and that, that's what we're really, really good at, uh, are never going away. People are always going to need that, that helpline when, when something's not working and somebody to translate the, the technical speak for them with their with the rest of their third-party vendors. Very informative. I, if we could just, the password and login, that, uh, that always gets me too, John. <laughs> I mean, you've got so many freaking email accounts these days yes. and social media accounts, sometimes it's yeah. hard to remember it. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah. Man, I, if I could just remember it all the time, it'd be great. John Schramm has been our guest today on the Grill Nation show. Check out purpleguys.com again. John is an IT support expert and the founder of the Purple Guys. Uh, great company, great logo, great information, and you know such a such an important uh, thing that companies need, both uh, both large and small in, in our region. And so, John, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and, and sharing all of your expertise, telling us about some of your successes, failures, how you've grown, how you've adapted, and how you guys are uh, going to move forward. I think you're going to do well in the future, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Great to have you too. And thanks again to John Schramm for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. All I can say is that my-